0: Uh, We're talking about the giving God, what an incredible concept that God gave, and we've been building it off John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. It's already been mentioned, we are having a comfort service, but folks, you know how important this is. Just this week, just yesterday, in fact, I was visiting a friend who uh, turned 65 this week on Monday or two, Monday. And I just wanted to say hi and give him a card and just bring him greetings, great dear friend. And he was sharing with me in the last six weeks, they have lost five best friends or family members that have all died and they're grieving, and even though they're looking forward to Christmas, there's a sadness attached to that, and, and I was telling him, I said, you know, in our church in Peterborough, we actually do something about that. We invite people to come and talk about it and think about it and celebrate the fact that God is with us at both ends of life, right? The beginning and the end, and then even, even after. So, if you have any reason to, uh, to join us, please plan to do so. Uh, I don't know how many of you have children. Let me see your hand if you've got children. Any of you ever throw a birthday party for your kids? Aren't they amazing? Kids love birthday parties. Uh, This is the story of Lauren, one of our stories in family. Every family has stories. And I understand when I was four, my family decided they'd throw a birthday party for me, and I kind of liked the idea. And so I don't know how many they had invited family and a few friends and so on. So about 10 people were invited. What they didn't know, I don't know how they let a four-year-old on his own to do this. What they didn't know was that at four years old, I went up and down both sides of our street and told everybody I was having a birthday party and they were all invited. More than 30 people showed up. <laughs> so this is still family lore. In fact, it's interesting, now that I have got older, we don't really like birthdays that much, but we still celebrate them. Why would we do that? Because the grandchildren love them. And we celebrate our birthdays so they can have a party. It's hilarious. Birthdays. It's interesting. We usually don't start celebrating them until they turn one, until children get one, right? God doesn't do that. Have you noticed this? That God begins to celebrate the birth of his son at the moment of birth. The first party isn't at one, the party's right then at the very beginning. Listen, talk about a party. They had amazing music. Now, did you not think the music this morning was amazing? It was amazing i love that it as well oh my goodness that was soul stirring and we're going to sing a song at the end mary did you know you want to listen to the words and the music is incredible but you gotta can you just imagine at this first birthday party the day he's born there was an angel choir how many of you think that might have been okay Just maybe, okay, when you think about it. And not only was there an angel choir, but there was a light show. First of all, the angels were there, and there was a big glories in the heaven. The heavens were magnificent. And then there was a special star that brought wise men from afar. And there were guests at this one. They had... People from the community, they had shepherds, they had wise men, they had angels, of course. They had, they, they, these guests were there. I have to believe it was more than shepherds and wise men, to be honest with you, because this, this was amazing. I believe the people from Bethlehem showed up. I haven't got proof of that, but I think it's true. And there were gifts. You shouldn't have a birthday without gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. Isn't it interesting, friends, that here we are in 2022 and we're still celebrating the birth of this one child? Isn't that amazing? Hmm. So I don't know what you do at Christmas. I don't know what your Christmas traditions are, but uh, when I was raised, it was awful. We had a terrible, terrible, terrible Christmas way. I, I, we were raised poor, and I don't know what happened in your house, but in our house, they stopped buying us stuff we needed in September. No shoes, no socks, no pants. And you got all that at Christmas. And you got one gift that mattered. Just one gift. That was it. And in our family, we actually opened a gift on Christmas Eve. We had to, we were forced to. And then we went to church. And then we open all the rest of our gifts the next morning. I remember, no wonder I'm a Christian, I remember praying diligently, oh God, please don't let me open the good gift Christmas Eve. Let it be socks or underwear or something that I don't care about because I don't want Christmas over before it starts. In our home, we don't open any gifts Christmas Eve. We get up in the morning and have them in the morning. We read scriptures and we pray. I don't know what we pray together. I don't know what your family traditions are. But I do know this that we ought to celebrate. And part of the celebration ought to be this incredible person that was already read about. Look what it says in Isaiah again. For to us, God gave, remember? A child is born. To us, a son is given. The government will be in his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You ever wondered about those designations? By the way, just in passing, each of those four compound names of God are whole sermons in themselves, and I'm only going to use it by way of introduction. I love the fact that he is our Wonderful Counselor. You can understand the word wonderful, can't you? I mean, if you're born and there's an angel choir, if you're born and wise men come from miles away, if you're born and there's gold and frankincense and myrrh, if you're born and God says, this is my son, if you're born in that kind of a condition, maybe, just maybe, the word wonderful applies. Maybe, just maybe. But it isn't just wonderful, it's counselor. And see, here's the part that I love, friends. See, this wonderful God who was born on that day, the Son of God became the Son of Man. And as the son of man, he knew what it was to be tired. He knew what it was to be alone. He knew what it was to be hungry. He knew what it was to be weary. He knew what it was to have friends. He knew what it was to be abandoned by friends. He knew what it was to have opposition and support. He knew what it was to be human. One friend of mine said this so beautifully. He said this, there is no part of life or death that Jesus has not already tasted. And so when you and I face life, when life comes our way and it doesn't always make sense, aren't you glad there's a wonderful counselor who comes and stands with us? And he whispers in our soul, it is well. It is well, in our soul, he understands every part and he sets us free to know that he's the wonderful counselor oh we could spend a long time on that and then he's and then he's the mighty god and the reason he's able to do spectacular things is because he really is god the son of man was the son of god is the son of god is god himself he's the mighty god And this little baby reaching out a hand from a Bethlehem stable created the world, ruled the world, and rules the world and will rule it forever. It's the mighty God. Do you know what that means, friends? In ordinary, everyday lives like we live, if you know this mighty God, if you know this God through His Son, then our lives ought to be touched by the supernatural. There ought to be something bigger than us in our lives because he's the mighty God. It is natural for a child of God to speak to and hear from the mighty God. That's natural for us. It's amazing. The supernatural becomes natural. It is natural for a child of God to believe when troubles leave us helpless and alone, except for the promises and the presence of God, the promises and the presence of God will actually be there. It is natural for a child of God to pray when we don't understand. For we know that the mighty God actually hears our prayers and guides our lives. It is natural for a child of God to trust God in the crucible of life and ask Him for the miraculous, for we have seen His work and we have known His presence and we have tasted of His power and we know that the mighty God is with us regardless How many of you have ever had an answer to prayer? How many of you have ever been touched by God and seen a miracle in your life? That's the supernatural. That's the mighty God at work. And that ought to be natural for us as children of God. And if we don't see that, maybe we need to lean into God a little more. Because I think God's offering that to us. You see, He's the mighty God. And can never not be the mighty God. And then he's the everlasting father. Oh, I love this. The word father here actually is, doesn't talk about the role as father per se. It really talks about protector. And the Bible says that he knows our frame. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you were wonderfully made. Hmm. When God looks at you, you're the only part of His creation made in His image, and He looks at you with incredible affection. Wow. Th- think with me for a moment. We all have fathers. Maybe you knew yours, maybe not. My dad was limited in lots of ways. He was a great man and somebody was friendly and warm and nice and not a reader, not a student by any means. Good man. I was glad to have him as my dad. But when I imagine a father, I always imagine something a little more. I always wanted to be more. I'm not sure how successful I was. But here's what I do know. Whatever you can imagine the best father to be, our God is more than that. And he's with us always, wanting what's best for our lives to guide us and lead us. And more than that, he's an everlasting father who wants us with him forever. Hmm. And then he's the Prince of Peace. I believe that peace is the great cry in our world. It's the thing that people want perhaps more than anything else. One of the best words to describe peace, I think, is rest, to be at rest, to be calm, to just be at peace. And the Bible tells us He's the prince of peace. He's the peace of, that comes and brings comfort. He brings presence. He brings rest. He brings trust. Most famous text of the Old Testament. He's the good shepherd who leads us to quiet places and beside still waters. Aren't you glad that he's the great peace giver? Aren't you glad that he's the mighty God who's here described as the prince of peace? because he's able to actually give peace. Wow. One author, I, was, I loved i love studying, I love reading and learning new things, and I ran across a little reference to the Prince of Peace in preparing this message, and, and I didn't put it in my notes, but here, here's how they described him. One author called the peace that God gives to us as spiritual prosperity. Think about that for a moment. Spiritual prosperity... Is the Prince of Peace coming in and invading our lives with his presence, his power, and his peace? Is it any wonder on that first Christmas? Is it any wonder on that first Christmas it said this Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And it's interesting to me that this text actually starts with glory to God in the highest. It actually is not even a reference to Jesus at all. On the day that the angels came and sang, they told about the Christ child. They did. But the glory was given to the Father who sent His Son. And wherever we live and know and understand who Jesus is, God is always magnified. God is always glorified. Why would it be any different on this day? But the promise is peace on earth. I ran across this little piece of poetry some years ago. Uh, Let me share it with you. Light looked down and beheld darkness. Thither will I go, said light. Peace looked down and beheld war. Thither will I go, said peace. Love looked down and beheld hatred. Thither will I go, said love. So came light and shone. So came peace and gave rest. So came love and brought life. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Somebody ought to say amen or thank you to that. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, You've got to ask your question, where is peace? Can I confess I haven't found it? I'm 76 years old. I cannot remember one moment when there was peace on Earth. Including Ukraine, just in passing. There are more than 12 other countries in our world in 2022 that were at war in some form or another. And what we're used to war, we hear about it all the time, and if you wanna talk about peace, the reality isn't just all related to war. Have you ever known any families that have any conflict? I hope you're not one of them. Do you know any couples out of any conflict? I don't do marriage counseling anymore. I actually have a degree in counseling, specialized only in marriage counseling. I've spent way too many hours of my life trying to bring peace to couples who figured out how to make it bad. Oh, God help us. Chaos and conflict are part of our lives. They are everywhere. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how common conflict is? I, I, do I have time to tell the story? Probably not. Let me tell it anyway. I, I, was, I was on my way to meetings. We were planning an international conference that was going to be held in Indonesia, and I was on my way to Indonesia, and I was the second last, on the second last plane that landed in Hong Kong as a typhoon hit Hong Kong winds at 120 miles per hour and so the plane landed we were glad to be safe all the hotels are gone I spent three days two nights sleeping in a chair in a lounge in the Hong Kong airport by the time it actually was over they were able to get me back to get me to Indonesia for four o'clock on Saturday afternoon the problem was the meetings were over they ended at noon and so I remember going to stand at this counter to talking to somebody, sir, anyway, instead of sending me to Indonesia, could you turn the plane around or send me in a plane that's going to take me home through Vancouver? The person in front of me was so upset, yelling and shouting, but I, I bought a first-class ticket and you're putting me on a plane in steerage. Well, sir, you have two choices. You can have first class, but not on this plane. It's already full. You'll have to be in another plane, or you can be on this plane and get there early, but you can't be in first class. Can I tell you, that went on for over 20 minutes. He yelled at her. He screamed at her. Then it was my turn. And I remember going up to her, and I said, ma'am, listen, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for what he just did to you. Because you had no control over the typhoon. You had no control over how many planes are available. And you have no control how many seats have already been assigned. I want you to know whatever you do with me, I will be happy. And I promise I will not yell at you. How many of you noticed that happens a bit in life sometimes, right? People get so upset over things that nobody has control over seems like a long peace from what the world is needing. Maybe that's why they need it. They need peace on earth. What is peace? Freedom from disturbance or tranquility. That's peace. It's a state or period in which there is no war or war has ended. But in God, it's different. In God, in God it includes the blessings associated with the coming of the Messiah. In God is the fullness of God applied to the human condition. And God, it is God's gift to a tiny baby born in Bethlehem. And he comes and says to you, I want to give you peace. Well, what is that peace? What is this peace with God that he talks about? Here it is, friends. It is the peace of God that comes when a sinful, fallen person, you and I, are reconciled to God through the sacrifice of God's Son. So the judgment against our sins is washed away. The wrath of God, the holiness of God that cannot tolerate our inability to serve Him properly and can't deal with our own sin, that is all forgiven and washed away. And you and I are reconciled to God in such a way that we are accepted and loved and forgiven and made His. That's the peace of God. And whatever other kind of peace you think of when you think of peace, it has to start with that. Because the great need of our world, folks, is not a momentary happiness. The great need of our world is the forgiveness of sin. The great need of our world is a deliverance from ourselves. And God provides that in the person of His Son in Bethlehem. He provides it for the sacrifice of His Son through His death and resurrection. And you and I have been made right with God that's peace. It is the peace that comes from knowing that we are in right standing with God and at peace in our soul. Let's do the next one. Oh, no, let's go back to the beginning. I want to read them all. Sorry. We're working on this together a little bit. Here we go. It is the peace of being brought into a living, loving, forgiven relationship with God through the sacrifice of His Son. It is the peace that comes from knowing that our sins, though they are many, horrendous, separating us from God, meriting the wrath of God, are forgiven. It is the peace that comes from knowing that we are now the children of God. It is the peace It is the peace that comes from knowing that our sins will never be held against us again and can never keep us from the best of God. It is the peace that comes from knowing that we are in right standing with God and at peace in our souls. Friends, I, I, sometimes in the church we forget how significant this. is. We're so used to God in us that we forget that the great reconciliation moment changed the world and it changes us forever. That's peace with God. That's the peace that we get. And this peace is with the God of peace. It is with him. God is satisfied with the sacrifice of his son. And you and I have been reconciled. Wow. It's amazing. Folks, this is real peace. This is real peace. You can stand in the presence of God. Boy, I hope we get this. We can stand in the presence of God and we are welcome there and we are loved and we are wanted by God and we have been set free from ourselves and the worst of our life is washed away and it's been replaced by grace and mercy. We should never stop being thankful and this peace of God should rule in our hearts. For it is the only thing, the only thing that can deal with the greatest need of our lives, the forgiveness of sins. Wow. Wow. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. (sighs) Would you do me a favor? Just close your eyes for a moment. Let me read this text to you again. We have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. God, we thank you today. Thank you for closing your eyes. See, and who does this come to? It comes to those on whom his favor rests. It isn't for everyone. Not everybody gets it. It comes to those in whom his favor rests. Well, who are the one in whom his favor rests? Those are the people that accept that Jesus actually is the Son of God and died for us. And I want you to understand, this favor of God is not some narrow, stingy little thing. The favor of God is lavish and abundant and generous and passionate and free. still doesn't always bring peace on earth, but it sure brings peace to us. But you see, if you were me, if I was you, I'd be saying, okay, what about the problems in my heart? What about the stuff of my soul? What about those issues? Well, you know, God actually comes along and he says, okay, so I gave you peace with me. Now I want to give you peace with you. And he tells us how to do that. God actually wants to bring us peace. He actually wants to do that. And there's ways that we can come into our lives. So why don't we have it? Well, I think the answer is found in Philippians. Here's what it says. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen to me, put it into practice and the God of peace Will be with you. God tells us how to have the peace of God and how to have the God of peace. And what He says to us is this if you want to have peace with God, if you really want peace with God in daily living in the real world in 2022, you should start with prayer. What a radical thought. Now, see, I want to share with you though that this is not just prayer like saying words, this is not just prayer saying, Oh God, I'm in need again. My wife and I read and pray together in the mornings and we pray for, this is where we pray for our requests. But this is different a little bit. When I was born, I was born into a family where there were seven adults. We lived in a large house, seven bedrooms, two living rooms, two kitchens, two dining rooms, two woodsheds. I visited the woodshed fairly often, actually, as a child. But in, and on one side of the house, my parents lived And on the other side, my dad's parents lived. And when I was born, I had a brother almost nine, a sister almost 11, and another sister almost 13. And this baby comes in, and I was dependent on them for everything. And to this day, I'm still the favorite. You probably can understand that already. I was expecting a little better response than that. (coughs) I'm still the favorite. They, They just... They just poured. They, they provided, they just, they cared about me. And that's the issue here. The issue isn't that we ask, the issue is who do we ask, and how do we ask. And the real issue here is dependency. And the great issue in life is that we need to learn to depend on God. So when life happens, we go to God, we go to Him early, we go to Him first. Bobby, come and help me. I've asked Bob to help me here. He's going to play the part of God. I was trying to typecast, and he was the closest I could think of. So, so he's just going to stand here and look godly. Is that okay? Now, I know God's everywhere, so just bear with it, okay? Just bear with it. So what happens when life happens to us? Well, we have a problem comes along, or we have a, an issue in our life, or there's a sickness, or there's something serious, or life doesn't go the way we expect. What do we do? God, why did you let this happen to me? God, I can't believe you did that. What's going on here? See, now, am I the only one who's ever blamed God? Hmm. Or we lean away from God. Okay, God, I'm just going to wait and see what you're going to do with this. Right? Now, am I the only one? See? Here's what God says to us. I'm on your side. When you have problems and trials, I want you to pray. But what real prayer is this, it's leaning into God. It's getting as close to Him as you can get. It's just not leaning away, not blaming, not questioning, not doubting, but putting your your life in His hands and trusting Him to do what's right because He's God and you're not. Whether we understand or not, that's the only way to have the peace of God is to lean into God as often and as hard as we can. Does that make sense to you? Thank you. (laughs) He did a good job, don't you think? And then along with that, when that happens, as we lean into God, then then we get thankful. And somehow in gratefulness, we remember all the times He's touched us in the past. We remember all the times we've been ministered to by Him. We remember all the times when He made sense and did things when life didn't make sense because He was with us. And gratitude is connected to dependency and surrender. No wonder we pray, and God says to us this, if you will lean into me, you can have the peace of God. If I'm honest with you, and I always try to be honest, friends, whenever I've lacked peace in my soul, I've had to admit that I had leaned away from God. And one of the invitations of God today, if you're struggling, if you're lacking peace, if life is bigger than you, God is inviting you today to lean into Him with gratitude and thanksgiving and surrender and dependence. And then He says, I'll guard your, that's what we you mentioned this morning, (laughs) Serena was brilliant, part of my message, Uh, just God says, I'll guard your soul. I'll set watch over your soul. I'll set a a sentinel over your soul. And then he says, you can only have the peace of God, but you can actually have the God of peace. I'm a little long today. I apologize, and I'm not done yet. Here's how you get that. You have to think about God. You have to ponder. You have to meditate. So, The reason there's a picture of a cow there is this. The word meditate in the Old Testament is actually translated for what happens to a cow. This is not going to be terribly appealing before lunch, but here's what really happens. A cow eats grass, and a cow has four stomachs. The grass goes in the first stomach, and then after they sit in the sun, they bring the grass out of the first stomach, and they rechew it again. It's called ruminating. Or chewing the cud. And then it goes into the second stomach. And then they do it again, and it gets into the third stomach. And then it goes again, and it gets into the fourth stomach. And we have this picture of this cow, peaceful, at rest, in the sunshine, having lunch on the same food four times. Well, that part doesn't appeal to me. But the meditation does. And the Bible says if you want the God of peace meditate chew on the truth of God whatever is true or honorable or just or pure or lovely or commendable if there's any excellence if there's anything worthy of praise think about these things And if you don't know what else to think about and you want the God of peace why don't we start with the sun Let's start thinking about Jesus. Jesus the Messiah, filled with glory and hope and truth and faith and love. If you want a good place to start, let's start with the Son who was given to us that Christmas. And the Bible says, just repeating, if you want the peace of God, be thankful, be grateful, lean into God. If you want the God of peace, ponder, think, meditate on the things of God. And Paul's writing this just in passing from prison. Do you think maybe he might have known what he was talking about? And then last but not least, and I'm too long, I apologize. I'll try and wrap this up in about 20 minutes. A little quicker than that. And then he says, we can have peace on earth. Well, how in the world do you get peace on earth when the world's not filled with peace at all? Because the Prince of Peace says to you and I, once we know his peace, we become peacemakers. So we're the voice of reason when there's chaos. We're the people that love the people around us. We're the people that step into family squabbles and add the peace of God because the peace of God is in us and the God of peace is in us and with us and he allows us and helps us to do that. And that's why he says things like this. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone, we become the peacemakers. Someone I heard say it recently, it's that we become agents of peace. Agents for God. Wow. Let let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. And in this text, friends, there's a little more than just you and I becoming peacemakers in the world we live, but there's not only transformation, but there's incredible reference to the second coming where the God of peace is going to rule in this earth with peace forever and ever and ever. Blessed are the peacemakers, you and me, for they will be called the children of God. And that's what makes peace available on the earth. Yes. There can be peace on earth. Starts with us. Starts in us. God gave us his son so that we could know peace. Um... A few churches I've been to, they do benedictions at the end. And I did a study once. I think I found 21 or 23 different benedictions in the Scripture. I want to share five of them with you today as we close and then sing this song. But there's a key to all of these benedictions. Are you ready? Here we are. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now may the God of peace Himself give you peace at all times, and in every way the Lord be with you all.